the woman who is likely the world's best-known children's author is defending herself against growing accusations of transphobia. This is J.K. Rowling, the creator of Harry Potter, of course. Like, if, if I'm walking around and, and I'm a white nationalist, you know, coward little kid with an AR-15, and I see somebody drive by with a Black Lives Matter bumper sticker and I feel threatened, I can open fire. This case has nothing to do with race. Um, it never had anything to do with race. It had to do with the right to self-defense. Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast, the podcast you deserve. My name is Jonathan Astro. With me is Ricky Allpike. Ricky, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, not guilty is what's going on. Not guilty. Not guilty. Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse. We talked about this uh, last week and the, the verdict is in. People have, you know, even I'm sure if you haven't been following it, you've even heard uh, about this, uh, how it's the wash up. What did you, what did you make of it all? I think uh, I think justice was served. To be honest, if you've uh, looked into the case at all, uh, you can clearly see that uh, uh, that the guy was acting in self-defence. Um, whether or not you agree with uh, how he ended up being there or his motivations for going, uh, I think that's irrelevant. You need to look at the facts of the case, and uh, a jury came back with unanimous. Uh, not guilty verdicts, and um, I was actually quite moved when uh, when the uh, guilty verdict was was handed out. Uh, Kyle, you know, he sort of he fell to his knees. He almost sort of collapsed. He was like clutching his chest a little bit. Not that he was having a heart attack or anything, but you know, just that um, I don't know that overwhelming sense of relief and 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 all sorts of emotions. I'm sure I'd like surging through him at that moment. And um, well, he's not going to go to prison and and um, become the new fish and just get pounded and railed straight away. Yes, yeah. Well, the happen. prosecution they were they were gunning for a life sentence without parole. So you know, for for, an, for a guy who's 17 when he was caught up in all this shit, you know, to to have that sort of hanging over your head. Uh, is a big weight for sure. And, you know, predictably the media has come out uh, disgustingly doubling down on uh, everything that they were saying beforehand. Now they're just saying, you know, this has opened up the floodgates for, you know, vigilantes to, you know, just to, to claim that they felt threatened and then they can open fire and all this fucking bullshit. And um, I've actually got a little compilation of some of the US media outlets uh, reporting on the the uh, not guilty verdict. This is courtesy of uh, the Megyn Kelly show. This jury sent the final and loudest warning to white America about the dangerous rise of white nationalist terror in this country. Like, if, if I'm walking around and, and I'm a white nationalist, you know, coward little kid with an AR-15, and I see somebody drive by with a Black Lives Matter bumper sticker and I feel threatened, I can open fire. This country was built on the idea of, of that white men had a, a, a particular kind of freedom. You know, from the slave catchers on, the right to inflict violence, um, in the name of protecting property. Anyone who supports Black Lives Matter should be very afraid tonight. That now we can see people baiting violence to have a reaction, very serious problem for activism because right. now we're being told that someone can cross state lines with a semi-automatic rifle and kill people. And today, what we were told was that white self-defense trumps everybody else's sense of safety and protection. The and fact that white supremacists roam the halls of Congress freely and celebrate this little murderous white supremacist. You matter. Every time one of these verdicts come out, 
It's easy to feel like you don't, but I'm here to tell you that you do. You matter. You matter so much that the second you start to get a sense that you do, a man will grab a gun he shouldn't have in the first place and travel all the way to another state just to quiet you. So, yeah, really, um, really outrageous stuff there by some of the commentators in the US. Um, it's just how anyone takes the mainstream media seriously in in the US is is beyond me, you know. Well, we just want to keep talking about this, but I just want to get back to, you know, a, a, a little bit of objectivity, striving for it, you know, whether you believe it can be achieved or not. Uh, I want it to be, you know, to play it relatively straight, um, to tone down the language. If you're a news outlet, you should tone down the language. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand why they use that language. They're trying to get clicks. They're trying to get... Um, and they're not trying to... When you're using this uh, high-impact language, you're actually not trying to uh, create a positive atmosphere. You're trying to create negativity. Uh, and that's how you get those clicks. That's how you get everyone uh, riled up and angry. Yep. And you're also playing to your your audience, your base. Uh, and and, it, and it's really disappointing to, to listen to, um, you know, because th this... I've said this case, from what I gather, is not... You know, nothing else was on trial except this one kid, okay? There was no, this is just one, you know, one little trial, uh, one incident that went on in, in a particular situation and it's not, uh, you know, America's not on trial, white people aren't on a trial, black people aren't on trial. It's just this one kid. Do you know what mm. I mean? And, yeah. and you need to look at the facts of the case. But I learned a, a few interesting things out of this case that, you know, just to pull back from some of those cultural things, you know, I didn't know. So, you know, the Second Amendment law, you know, in America is the right to, well, people argue about it, but the right to, to bear arms. Yes. You know, I always leave out the second part. I think it's, uh, but it's the right, basically the right to bear arms. So the kid was allowed to have a, a weapon, um, but the laws of Wisconsin permitted him to carry a weapon openly. Mm, wow. That was something new. So when you, because because I don't know from American perspective what you feel like if you live in New York, I pretty mm, I think I know what you feel <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when you look at uh, the image of um of of that kid with the gun, right? Yeah. But yeah. if you live in just you know a flyover state, that's maybe not you know like that. What do you feel when you look at that image? Because well, I look at that image from Australia, and we fame our prime minister of twenty years ago famously, um, you know. Uh, had an amnesty and got all the guns off most guns off off people now the only people who have guns is hunt some hunters and things like that but we don't yeah. have this kind of artillery really and and whatnot although you can still get them if you're that committed you, you can still get guns you just can't get the semi-automatic ones yeah no but you can't but then let's face it there's just more hurdles there are yeah. and if you're committed then you can get a gun so don't pay if you're listening to this and you're, you're a second amendment guy or girl and you you can get a gun if you come to australia it's all right yeah. you can if you if you you know it, there's just there's just heaps more hurdles like you can't just be like the columbine shooters and just order it online and get like mm. delivered to your house or whatever and like you know what i mean or like you can't just be a 17 year old and walk down the street with with with, with something yeah that kind of looks like it's out of doom or, or or quake or something you know yeah and um, I, I don't know. Like, so that to me was that was interesting. Well, I wonder how many people how many people do walk the streets openly with a gun in in those sorts of states. Well, I guess it's different state by state, you know. And obviously, there's there's some people who've been posting images of different people, like you know, because the argument was, oh, what if you you know, 
you saw that kid with the gun or whatever, and then there were people on Insta posting um, just from the other day, uh, some people of color in a, in a in a you know a counter march or something like in a, you know with with AR whatever's you know. Those, do, do you need a special permit to do that though? Are there any hurdles to gaining the access to op- openly carry? Uh, you ha- surely you have to have a permit. You can't just have a gun and and go oh this is my gun, like. You know, because if I was walking down the street and I saw a guy like on on the other side of the street corner or something holding a rifle, I would probably turn around and walk in the opposite direction. But he was seventeen as well, wasn't he? Yes. So this is what I don't understand. Let's just say I, maybe I should have actually looked into this, but, <laughs> but no, because I'm interested. I've only just become really interested in it right now. Yeah, but I'm yeah. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. So if he's seventeen and he's got a permit, then so you so he can have a permit for a gun, but he can't smoke. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and drink. Yeah, can't drink. So that's crazy. Yeah. Like mm. that's crazy. Like like I'm just like so. Anyway, looking at that image, that's that's a shocking image to see people walking around with guns. But what I'm interested in also is the shock and awe of some people in America or the responses when they're like, "Oh, it's so appalling." I'm like, "Wait, but you live in America, like, you know what I mean?" Like, yeah, hasn't this been going on for a long time? Hasn't this been going on yeah. forever? Like, hasn't guns been around forever, and isn't it just like? Don't you just have to then pick your state and say, oh, I don't want to live in a state where there's guns everywhere or something? I like, guess so. Yeah. I don't know, because it feels like you know, they're in that situation. We should do a whole show on gun- guns, I think, by the sound yeah, of it. Yeah. Like, you know, because I won't get into it too much. But mm. it just I'm just interested in the way that some people are so shocked. And I'm like, wait, but you live in America. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I know yeah. it's not the Wild West, but it's in your it's in your constitution. So it's not yeah. like you were lied to. Mm. Yeah. You know? So anyway, well, well, the other issue is uh, celebrities and politicians coming out early and tweeting about the case and and tainting tainting the case as well. Not like, just celebrities. No, no, not just celebrities. I mean, we're talking about the president of the United States, who was then uh, candidate. He was running for president. Uh, well, Joe he had Biden. the opportunity to walk that back the other day, and he didn't. And he didn't do it. Yeah. So, so Carl Rittenhouse and his lawyers—they're actually going to looking to sue. The, that the kid president. is going to get so much money. He Do you is. know that other kid that with the with the Trump hat on who has had that fracas with the um, Native Americans? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's got $250 million in wow. defamation uh, lawsuits. Wow. Such a big amount of money. 250. So wow. this kid is going to do, he's going to make serious bank. And I love that these outlets that have all used all that, that you know, that have just put him on trial or whatever before anything's even happened and used, you know, defamatory language and now just have to just what? They just pay it out and go, anyway, moving on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're like, oh, well, that's all just part of business. Like we just, we're, you know, we're terrible at our job. We say the wrong thing and we pay hundreds of millions of dollars and anyway, that's all <laughs> yeah. good. Moving on. Well, it can't go on forever because eventually the bank's going to dry up. You know, the money's going to dry up, you know. I've actually got a little. I've got a little clip here of um, Rittenhouse talking to Tucker Carlson. There's a there's an interview. I'm not sure if it's out yet, but they've done a little promo, and I'll just I'll just play that now. It's very short. I tell everybody there what happened. I said I had to do it. I just I was just attacked. I was dizzy. I was vomiting. I I couldn't breathe. This case has nothing to do with race. Um, it never had anything to do with race. It had to do with the right to self defense. Right. Um, I'm not a racist person. I support the BLM movement. I support peacefully demonstrating. And I believe there needs to be change. I believe there's a lot of prosecutorial misconduct, not just in my case, but in other cases. And it's just amazing to see how 
how much a prosecutor can take advantage of somebody. So yeah, that was Kyle with uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox News, and he sounds like a pretty reasonable, well balanced kid, to be honest. Like certainly more uh, with it than I was <laughs> at his age. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so he, he did come across. He did come across well. Mm. I thought. Um, yeah. You know, you'd have to work hard to uh, see him as a an out and out domestic terrorist. Mm. I think. Yeah. Well, now he's going to be a, a multimillionaire, you know. Oh, so rich. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to bring up was the other thing I learned, which was, and I think this is worth taking away, this was from a great little article in Quillette uh, with a, a legal scholar talking about, um, uh, it's called The Written House Trial, uh, A legal, legal Scholar Responds by Ronald S. Sullivan Jr. Now, he was just talking about self-defense, and I thought this was interesting. So, the law of self-defense takes into account five principal concepts. One, proportionality. Two, imminent threat of harm. Three, reasonable apprehension. Four, first aggressor doctrine. And five, duty to, ret- duty to retreat. So I thought this was just fascinating. He, he sort of breaks it down. He says, here's how it works. The use of force must be proportionate. If someone plucks your ear, you can't hit them with a baseball bat. Mm. That's not proportionate to the original force applied. The threat that justifies the use of thought must be imminent. You cannot, for example, leave the scene and come back later and settle settle a score. Mm. The threat is no longer imminent and self-defense will not be available. Your fear of a threat must be objectively reasonable. Your subjective assessment of the threat is not sufficient. Um, is not sufficient. The legal question rega- uh, regards whether a reasonable person under the same circumstances would have perceived the situation as a threat. Then courts apply two equitable doctrines to the, anal- doctrines to the analysis. The first is the first aggressor doctrine. The first aggressor loses the ability to assert a self-defense claim. Quite simply, if you initiate the encounter, you cannot later claim self-defense. So that guy who lifted his gun, mm-hmm. he can't claim self-defense because mm. he was the first aggressor. Kyle Rittenhouse's gun was was down, yeah, and that guy with the with the with the handgun, he lifted it. So bye bye his self-defense. Um, and finally, before courts authorize the use of deadly force by civilians, in most cases, you have a duty to safely retreat. State law varies with respect to a duty to retreat uh, and stand your ground laws in many states further complicate this equitable, equitable doctrine. I think that what that means is that in stand your ground by the sounds of it means exactly what it sounds like, which is you don't have to retreat. You're allowed to plant your feet. You're allowed to say, um, I don't have to take a backward step. Whereas there's a general, in generally speaking, you have to, if you, if it's possible, you have to, as you said before, if I see someone with a rifle, I can retreat. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, um, so you're, you're sort of encouraged to retreat, but some states say, no, you can stand your ground and you can say, no, I, and this is this, that's so American, don't you think? Stand your ground. Yes. Just, yeah. Don't you think that? Don't yeah. you think that is like <laughs> the most ultimate? And that's a. We love America, by the way. So it sounds like music. sounds like gunslingers on either side of the road, standing their ground, sizing it's like each other up. Fucking make you know? me, make me move. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so I think that um, uh, the, that's a great breakdown of what what went on here. And so the jury would have had to go through that. Yes. And and yeah. and when you look at the video, so without the video, I think some of that would have been hard to prove. For sure, yeah, and that's when when all the media influence would I think would have played a role, and we could well have seen a different a different verdict. You know, the last thing I wanted to actually bring up was that each three of Kyle Rittenhouse's victims were were criminals. Like two of them, I think, had been com- convicted of pedophilia and a bunch of other things. And you're allowed to bring all that up. I'm you not allowed to, to bring all that up. No, you have to keep it all that quiet, <laughs> and you have to keep <laughs> and that they're white, and you have to sort of. 
imply that they're black guys. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You've got to have no, you've got to say they're black adjacent. <laughs> black adjacent. You know? And then you go, wait, what does that mean? Well, it means they're white guys. They were at a they were at a Black Lives Matter rally and you go, yeah, but weren't weren't they uh, bad hombres? And then <laughs> yeah. and then the people go, Oh, it says you, you know. They, they, they weren't bad hombres. They were just, and you go, it wasn't one of them a fucking pedophile? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah but Kyle Rittenhouse didn't know that. And you're, and you're so confused, you know. But what does that say about the people who attend these protests, you know? If, if I mean, the three, Vic, what's the chances that, that he would come into encounter with three BLM protesters that all have pretty extensive rap sheets you know, to do with violence, domestic violence, pedophilia, you know, on that night, you know, it's crazy. I think I think it, it reflects pretty badly on the kind of people that turn up to BLM protests, you know. Well, it's, it's I, I think about the jury and you know what, when you think like, when you think philosophically, you say, yes, I, I know 100% why that information can't be given to the jury. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's it's damning and um and prejudicial and 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 irrelevant to the the moment that yeah. you know that 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 uh, uh, that Rittenhouse had to, did what he did. Mm. But having said that, if I was if I was a jury member and I came out and and now heard all of that, man, the weight lifted off your shoulders. Mm. <laughs> the yeah. weight. I mean, it's terrible. You know, as as this guy, this legal scholar says, it's tragic because you know these people, have, their families have have lost someone, someone, and and you know, the, the, no one should just be shot down and killed. Really, that's terrible. But at the same time, in the in the scheme of things, you'd be like, oh my god, I felt I felt terrible, but now I don't feel as bad. They were bad hombres. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes, for sure. I think it would uh, lift the the burden a little bit. You know, it's not to say that you'd be happy that you'd be like, oh no. yes, he took out he took out three, you know, three criminals. Isn't this great? No, because it's know? not death wish like no. or something. But but at the same time, but I, I get your point about the, you know, uh, maybe that's a good lead into to some of the Melbourne stuff because I was shocked by. The counter rally uh, that went on recently in Melbourne. Yes, yes, the counter rally. Well, and so all the the sort of left leaning individuals that held this counter rally, and I was shocked by some of the video I saw. Mm, yes, yeah. So we've been having. Uh, you may or may not may may not know that um, in Melbourne we've been having extensive protests uh, every weekend uh, out the front of a parliament, state parliament here in Melbourne. Uh, and pro- the protests uh, in relation to a, a new pandemic bill that uh, the government is trying to uh, pass through, which will give the Premier basically uh, full powers to, to declare a pandemic whenever he wants without any sort of parliamentary oversight. Hi there to all our listeners. It's your boy Ricky here. I'm uh, in the middle of the protests here. Uh, the uh, intersection of Burke Street and uh, Spring Street. Things are getting pretty lively. Uh, I'm here with my son. He's on my shoulders. And uh, I'm just going to walk around and uh, see what I can see. So we're right at the steps here at Parliament House. Uh, There's a fairly big... Uh, contingent of police force 
there's even police up on the top of the buildings uh, with cameras filming us. Um, yeah, it's all happening. They're just uh, playing some classic John Farnham, You're the Voice. Don't know if you can hear that. So there's a lot of activity here, a lot of people hanging around, a lot of drums, chanting comes and goes, uh, kill the bill, sack Dan Andrews, lots of signs, people of all different uh, ages, all different ethnicities, uh, all different classes, all sorts of people, lots of different families. I actually took my son to the Freedom Day protest uh, on Saturday. And uh, this protest is, is, uh, is, I mean, some people say it's anti-vax protesting. Sometimes some people say it's anti-lockdown protesting. But, you know, it is largely against the state government's proposed pandemic legislation, um, uh, which, which is, is, if it does come in, it means that, that, that these sort of orders can come in, lockdown orders, without any parliamentary oversight or scrutiny. And uh, we did talk about this a couple of weeks ago. But um, what's interesting is that the Labor government here, which is Australia's equivalent to, like, the Democratic Party in the US uh, is trying to paint the protesters as extremists, white supremacists, anti-vaxxers and neo-Nazis. Now, I was there and I saw people of every race and age. There were working class people, there were professional people, uh, and tons of families with kids as well. You know, it's estimated that the rally had uh, 450,000 people, although the state-run Australian Broadcasting Commission, the ABC, only ever reports numbers as thousands. Uh, not tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but just thousands. And um, there, were ch there was chanting there. There was, you know, people were chanting, sack Dan Andrews, kill the bill, freedom, save our kids, and stuff like that. Um, it was completely peaceful. Uh, it was rowdy at times, but um, it was peaceful. There were no chance to, to kill anyone or kill Dan Andrews or anything like that. The protests have uh, garnered some criticism because someone, I think, the week before brought a prop gallows. And I don't think that helped the, the anti-pandemic uh, legislation crowd. You know, it's only a handful of people that brought this prop gallows. And... Uh, as well as a guillotine as well. So there was a prop gallows plus a prop guillotine and there was an effigy of, of Premier Daniel Andrews. And this is really the only evidence that the left is using in order to brandish everyone, all 450,000 of them as extremists. Um, and, and let's not forget that in the not too distant past, left-wing protesters burned effigies of the then uh, Prime Minister Tony Abbott and Federal Minister uh, Christopher Pine. And I think that was during the same-sex marriage debate um, but, you know, how quickly people forget about these things, you know? Mm. So it's okay for them to, to burn images of uh, prime ministers, but, you know, it's not okay for people to bring prop gallows when it's on the other foot. Um, and as you said, there was a rival protest that was happening a few blocks away. Uh, this is basically an Antifa protest, really. Um, and uh, it was an anti-fascist protest against the so-called white supremacist Freedom Day protesters. So it was protesting the protesters. Uh, and now these guys are the true extremists. The language they used is absolutely disgusting. 
and the way they push around media trying to cover this event is extreme. There's uh, footage of uh, Avi from Rebel Media, who's a guy here in Australia. He's Israeli and um, he, he's been covering these issues for a long time. He's been going out to the protests and interviewing people and uh, there's video of him being sort of uh, menaced and people trying to stop him from walking around and trying to steal his microphone, push him around, stuff like that. And the Assaulted is the word. Assaulted, yeah. Some of the people on the other side would use if it happened to them. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And the police had to basically say, listen, you, you can't be here. And he sort of protests that. And um, you can check that out online. It's quite interesting. He tries to raise the point, though. He's like, wait a minute. He's like, when... Uh, mainstream media were being attacked last year. Mm. You guys didn't ask them to leave. You stepped in and, you know, dealt with the people who were doing that. Mm. So, you know, like, which is to say that there's a double standard going on here. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And we saw last, uh, you know, last lo- lockdown protests that, that were happening, you know, when we were, I think, in our sixth lockdown and, and some of the protests that happened before that, uh, you see the police using the most heavy-handed tactics, rubber bullets, uh, pe- people being choked because they're not wearing a mask, yep. um, you know, old people thrown to the ground. Where was all that? You exactly. Know? There's none of that for the left-wing uh, protesters. Because those, the, the, from what I saw, they seemed like absolute ferals. Yeah, they were. They you were. know what I mean? Like just just, just a disgusting language. Like, yeah. You know, anti-Jewish sentiment um, from a bunch. It yeah. was just the most appalling stuff. And even some of the chants they they they're saying, you know, um, I can't quite remember the specific chant. It, it you know, saying that all the all the uh, anti-vaxxers were Nazis and white supremacists and all that sort of stuff. And just it really upsets me actually that uh, that they're trying to paint people like me who went to the protest. Something you know, I am actually concerned about these these laws and these. Um, these bills that, 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 that the government's trying to pass through. So, you know, calling me a white supremacist and a Nazi, you know, really um, really gets me, you but know. It doesn't make sense, though. Like, I tried to explain the other side to Katie. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, there's these protests and here's the video, check it out. And she's like, wait, what are these people protesting? And I was like, oh, just they're against the other protesters, the people who are against the bill, yeah. you know, the, the pandemic bill. And she's like, wait, yeah, I get that, but w- why are they talking about white supremacy? What's that got to do with anything? <laughs> Said, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, this is the thing, you know. Uh, most of the people at at these pro freedom protests, they're articulate and they have legitimate concerns. And you either address their concerns, or you move to delegitimize them by calling them extremists, Nazis, and white supremacists. You know, that's that's really the only thing that that you have up your sleeve. If you're not willing to sit down at the table and go, okay, there's a large proportion of people out there that are protesting. There are lots of people that feel the same way that don't go to the protest as well. You know, you've got to assume there are uh, thousands of people out there that that feel the same way, but just don't turn up. And they have legitimate concerns and you need to address them or you need to start using some of these uh, these really bad tactics, you know. You know, the, the issue around this pandemic bill is that, we, you know, it's about assembly, it's about debate, it's about consensus, you know, it's it's a little thing called democracy, you know, that's what it's about. And these these laws are undermining democracy and putting way too much power in the hands of the state. And that's what leftists want, 
you know, they want uh, mask mandates, they want vaccination mandates. And if any of those leftists at the protests have anything to do with the environmental movement, which I suspect they do, uh, they're, they're down for lockdowns on uh, environmental grounds as well. You know, they want governments to come in and say, right, you're not allowed to drive your car. Right, you're not allowed to eat meat because, you know, the meat industry creates all this, you know, methane gas and, and contributes to carbon dioxide emission and stuff like that. So they actually want that sort of in intervention. And I think they've seen they've seen an opening here. The doors open to crack and they're like, this could actually happen. We, you know, this this is how we we could stop climate change, you know, is governments just need to lock us down. And it's it's fucking frightening, you know. On this term of Nazis, you know, my grandma, my Oma, she lived in uh, in Holland during the German occupation and she hid a family of Jewish people under the floorboards for six years, risking her life, her family's life in her early 20s. And she would be, if she was alive today, she would be shocked to know that that people are behaving like this in a Western democracy. I mean, this is this is what she fought for in her own very small localized way in her small town uh, in the north of Holland was to have these sorts of freedoms. And I'm sure she would be outraged that uh, people like you and I are being called Nazis because she actually fought real Nazis, you know, and she actually w was in situations like Inglorious Bastards where Nazis actually come into the home and the family's under the floorboards and she was lucky enough to, you know, not get a bullet in the back of the head. And uh, I think it's just outrageous the way this sort of language gets thrown around and there's a disgusting article in the conversation, which I'm not sure if you were able to read. I did send it to you, I think, yes, this morning or yep. late last night, basically saying that the anti-vax movement is white supremacy and it's been infiltrated by far-right extremists and Proud Boys <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Sure. And they're basically painting what's happening with this freedom, freedom post protest as basically anti-vax, is that everyone there is an anti-vaxxer. And I'm vaccinated. Uh, I'm not anti-vax, but I am pro-choice. And I think what what, what the country's up to 92% vaccination rate now. Yeah, we've like, got some of the highest numbers in the world. So what does it matter? What does it matter if there's a really small percentage of people that don't want to get vaccinated? Like, we've done the job. We've got to 90%, which is, yeah, like you say, the highest in the some of the highest numbers in the world. Uh, let's move on. Well, it sort of makes what these people are doing. They, they come across as... Um drama queens yeah like this is if you're talking in australia right now if you're talking about nazis and white supremacists and stuff you are a total drama queen mm. like and i think that that sort of language really detracts from you know what we should be doing is hunting down if we're talking about this race stuff for a second hunting down the real like racists and you know uh, the genuine stuff that that goes on uh, that whether it be um systemic or or whatever there might there might be structures or you know material things we can change to make you know things a little bit more um you know to get to, to get equality somehow whereas you know i just see this these words as being um you know it's sort of like you're trying to will something into into reality mm, when you when you yeah. say white supremacy like for every time you say white supremacy and and we picture you know the the grand wizard from the KKK <laughs> yeah you know well I think that really 
is just uh, inappropriate. Like, you know, and... It's complete fantasy too. It is fantasy. It is fantasy, you know. I mean, are there some loose units out there? And I think when when people are racist or... or um, I think it just speaks for itself. I just don't think you need to use that kind of... Um, particularly when someone... So, because this word white supremacy gets used inappropriately all the time. Mm. So, again, it's become meaningless. So now when a real white supremacist comes along, we won't know what to call them. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. we'll be like, I don't know what to call you. I was too busy calling, you know, uh, Richard Dawkins white supremacist, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, and uh, fucking Dave Chappelle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. Yes, well, these protests are continuing, I think, uh, each each weekend, as far as I know, and uh, until something happens with this bill. Currently, the government doesn't have the support to pass the legislation, but it's, you know, they only need one extra vote, so they just need to get someone to turn, offer some politician something for their party to, to get them to, to vote yes. And um, Well, I hope they don't get it. No, I hope they don't get it either. And if we get to the 15th of December... Um, and I think that's the last chance they get up to the 15th of December before the year's over for Parliament. So I'm hoping it can get, get there. Well, that got me a bit steamed. I think we should bring Sheila on. Time for the news. Sheila! Hello! You're back. I am. You see, now hopefully I'm not I'm not undercutting your news, but you sent me uh. an alarming picture this morning. <laughs> That's not even on my list, but no, well, you're I'm not. glad I brought it up. Then you sent me it was it was scary, it was frightening, it was ugly. So what what was the image? Oh, it was of Gina Davis, um, some awful paparazzi has taken an appalling photo of her and the Daily Mail has said that it's her new look. It's absolutely disgraceful to the point where I would like to put it on our new flesh um, Instagram just so people can see. It is what significant. This, it is. It's, it's, a, it's momentous. I, I, so if you're picturing Long Kiss Goodnight and whatnot and the fly and everything, just just now, when you see this image later, I don't know, all I could think was Grey Gardens. I thought I thought she looked like um little uh little Edie from or big Edie. <laughs> it's Grey Gardens. Absolutely. It is a it's a disgraceful picture and um, you know, no one wants to be photographed in that state. And the paparazzi who took it need to actually have a deep look at their souls because it, it is absolutely appalling. Actually, I think I can show Ricky. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, so. what, what is that? It, it looks like she's just she sort of looks like it looks like um the island of Dr. Moreau. It does, yeah. Yeah, sort of like she there you go. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? She's got the one glove on as well. What? 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 What is she wearing on her head? It looks like a um. I don't know. Well, it's just a scarf or something. I don't know. She's probably doing the the kids pick up or drop off. It's appalling. But um, I think we just you know because obviously the viewers can't see it. But I will. I'll get the boys to put it on our webs on our Instagram, and you can see it and see how low. Uh, 
you know. Both the Daily Mail and Gina Davis have fallen. So <laughs> it's not Gina Davis's fault. She's just living her life. <laughs> Come on, you can't go. You can't dress up like that and get away with it. Okay, what's the first uh, story today? I need the news, that. Sheila. What, what's going on in the world? All right. Okay. Santa bags himself a boyfriend. Advert for Norwegian Postal Service features same-sex Father Christmas love story. Well, that's fine, but um, is is he just fucking around while Mrs. Claus is at home? Like, (laughs) is he doing the full British MP, just, you know, rent boy life or what? Uh, I don't know. Or is he Um, already saying that, 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 no, he is, was, and always will be? A, a gay man. <laughs> you know, they, they're going to have to change the lyrics to that song, that 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 song, um, I Caught Mummy Kissing Santa by the Christmas Tree or something. It'll have to be I've, I Caught Daddy Kissing. I Caught Mummy Kissing Santa That's Claus. That's That one, yeah. 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 Well, um, you've heard of St Nick, it's time for St Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I tell you what, the, the picture they've got um, – because I'm into saying dudes kiss. This is it's hot. It's hot. So um, yeah, good on. Listen, I've, good I've got to say no, no. But I've got to say, Father Christmas is is a kids thing. You know, I mean, we can enjoy it too, but it's for kids. So you know, is this? So just... why are we saying no? But wait, it's just, you said it was for the postal service or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's for the postal service in Norway. Um, Norwegians can't really put a foot wrong. They're pretty, you know, they're pretty cool in all respects. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hot ad. Um, I'm so is Santa full... a bear in this? He is, and he does appear a little older than the the hot young gent. Uh, but so you it's know, just kink. So it's just straight mm. kink, like just, just <laughs> Christmas kink. Old bear with his young rent boy, you know, <sighs> and it's an affair. So, is, is the rent boy dressed as a reindeer, like with a with a collar and a leash? And <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, that's too much. Yeah, that's too much. Come, come on, Sheila, you you brought this up. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just the news person. Okay, I'm just a freaking news person. Oh, so person. don't. So what you're saying is don't shoot the messenger. Okay, don't, all right. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> all right, okay. All right. Un- yeah. Unlike North Korea, North Korean is sentenced to execution by firing squad after students were caught watching a copy of Squid Game he'd smuggled into the country. I mean, fair mm. go. This is outrageous. How dare you watch Squid Game? Now let's kill you in a very Squid Game-like manner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so meta. <laughs> like, you know, like, well, we'll show you. If you yeah. like Squid Game, here's the real Squid Game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why does North Korea oh, love Jesus. shooting people so much? I know. I'm so upsetting. This is, you know, like the whole world is enjoying this, you know, show and these dudes found it on a USB. For all we, I mean, for all we know, it was, you, you know how sometimes people put USBs on balloons? Yes. Yeah. And so oh, send them over. The, over in, yes, they do. Oh, and, um, that's amazing. And they've got things like Sex in the City and James and Bond and James stuff. Bond and all really? kinds of. Yeah, just to try and, you know, That's give, genius. give people in North Korea some- Hang on, hang on. Know. We've had two downloads from South Korea. Yes. Let's get the New Flesh podcast over there. Let's do it. Let's yeah, pay someone, sure. get some USBs. 
you know, I feel like, and I think that if you're in North Korea, this is the podcast you want to be learning English with. <laughs> oh, my God. You need father. to know words like lady dick and, you know. Chubby. Chubby. Mad cunt. Mad cunt. Um, <laughs> you know, all of that. So, you know, the, the, we're here for you. <laughs> Gay for stay, all that kind of thing. Uh, all right, okay. Oh, now this is just because it plays into something you guys were talking about recently. China bans celebrities from showing off wealth or extravagant pleasure on social media as communist rulers continue their crackdown on the entertainment industry. You can't, you can't see how the other side lives. That's, that's what they're doing. I just love the shitty English as well. Like I like extravagant pleasure. Like it's just, yeah. why do we let China get away with it too? Like because they never, they, like their government never shuts up, and they've got so much. They've got so much to say, and their English is mad. <laughs> yeah, know? and they'll say stuff like "We are banning extravagant pleasure," and no one in the room says, "I don't think that's what you like." That just sounds a bit, you know, bizarre. Anyway, but- <laughs> well, I've got. I've got something slated for next week. There's actually been a, a, a quite a prominent basketballer in the NBA that's come out against China and, and thinks that we should be boycotting the the Winter Olympics that's coming up. And, and I was hoping to talk about that next week, but, you know, it's good to see some people are pushing back. Yeah, yeah. look, it, it, no, it, it's fantastic because, I, look, I, with this one, I think the cat is already out of the bag I've, I've said the wrong thing there pa- pandora's box is already open i no, don't know you know what i'm the, saying that's out of the bag is, is yeah thing. it's so i think oh here's a good one it's actually it's like putting an octopus into a string bag at the moment because it's already out you know like people have seen media and celebrity and i think it's people were so hungry for it in in china and they haven't grown up with this kind of um thing you know like celebrities and stuff like that i think it's going to be very very hard to crack down on this because people have enjoyed it that's right but when you lift Mm. people out of poverty and you know they've got uh you know food and shelter the next thing is they're like now yeezys yeah, well, how do I get my Yeezys? How do I become an influencer? You know, yeah. yeah. How do I get my own TV show? Uh, you know, yeah. how do I hire JoJo Siwa for my kid's birthday? That's right. So, yeah, no, it's it, it's fascinating. I don't know. I, I'm fascinated with by the way they crack down on on all of this uh, these capitalist impulses of the, of it. like it seems like they. A lot of it is performative as well, or they, or they go after these big targets like Bam Bam Bing and whoever, and say, "Right, that's enough of you, out of you and Jack Ma and whatever." But there's and then, no warnings either. There's, you know, like it's well, there's it's no consistency of, either. Yeah, it, it's sort of like everything's okay, everything's okay. Oh no, suddenly Fan Bim Bing is gone. No feminine men. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no girly men. <laughs> no girly men. That yeah. we hate that now. And, and you go, wait, you hate that? Yes. Why do you hate that? Just, just I just can't stand it. Okay. Yeah. All and of if a you're sudden, rich as, and if you're rich as well, I don't like that. And you go, yeah. Okay. Bye, bye, Jack Ma. Just you know, keeping you like, on your toes. That's all it is. It's um, it is very strange, but I mean, I don't know where. It's well, that been. is all about control, though. Like, like that is that. That's almost like something you'd see in a cop show. Like the way that um, 
you know, it's like Al Pacino in Heat. He tries to keep the, you know, try to keep the perp off balance. So you yes. say mad shit, you're hitting the desk, you're doing weird things, like you're, you're, there's no consistency, it's strange, you're pulling the rug out. So that that really is an, a... Bad uh, cop, bad cop. Yeah, there's, well, it's, no, it's just to control cop. them. It's not a good cop, it's just bad cop, bad cop. Because you're going to walk around going, oh, I don't know, like, you know... I really love my social credit. I don't want to lose it, so I better not do yeah. anything. You know? well, I mean, I, I don't know what John Senna's uh, social credit is, but I think it's pretty high. Oh, don't get me started on him. Seriously. I think he might actually be a traitor. <laughs> I, I <laughs> like thought you were going to say I think he might actually be Chinese. No, um, I think he might actually be treasonous, and I think we should send him to Guantanamo Bay. Look, I think he needs to have, I mean, a good hard look at himself because there's, you know, young sort of people much poorer than himself who are standing. I mean, look at that young man in Queensland who has stood up to the University of Queensland, which is basically uh, apparently an arm of... (laughs) <laughs> the CCP. <laughs> yeah. It's like and, it's a branch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people like Mac Horton. Oh, who, I love Mac. Have, I know. Who, uh, I bet you didn't know this. Um, he, the supporters of the person that he called out uh, put glass, broken glass in his parents' uh, pool and right. stuff like that, like his parents were targeted. So there's people um, like, you know, Mac Horton and that young young student in Queensland who was standing up, and you've got John Cena, who's as rich as shit, um, you know. Uh, but that po- says everything, though, doesn't it? That's it that's, that says everything. Look at LeBron James. He won't say anything, mm-hmm. you know. Like it's whoever's in the pocket of the CCP, whoever is desperate for uh, the Chinese market's money, won't. Won't question why they removed the person of why that they won't question why the only person of color in June was removed from the poster when the outrageous. By the way, that is outrageous. Mm. It might be outrageous, but it is standard operating procedure, and no one talks about it. No one talks about the 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 uh, blatant, appalling, like state-sponsored racism that goes on in China. Yeah. So. Yeah, this this story's got me steamed. Oh, we might need to revisit this in greater detail next yes, week because let's I've do got that. a yeah. Because also, I mean, I want to ask just ask the question to you guys: How many people do you think can disappear before before people rise up? How many people do you disappear? Do you know what I mean? Like when everyone keeps bobbing up and offending, offending, offending. Like how many can the CCP disappear before? Um, it's a great question. Something happens. Do you know what I mean? It's like so, it, it can't be endless. You can't just. But it sort it's, of it's, reminds you a bit of what went on in those South American states in the eighties, in the seventies, and and whatever. Like you know, like like stadiums full of people, people getting disappeared, and yeah. you know, you you wonder how crazy it has to be uh, before before anyone else stand up. stands up. Mm. Well, what 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 can be done though? You know, they've got such military might. This. I mean, there's sanctions and things like that. You can do uh, diplomatic pressure, but you know, it's it's a really deep issue that that will take a long time to sort it's out. It's a if, runaway if ever, train, you know. Yeah. Well, they want to be the number one superpower by 2049 or something like that. Mm. Oh God! Terrifying. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I hope I'm dead. Um, <laughs> the- <laughs> I'll kill you. How about that? <laughs> 
Holy paint job, Batman. Mexican police find robbery suspects tied to the lamppost and their faces painted like the Joker by Mystery Vigilante. <laughs> and these these guys actually, uh, these guys, the, whoever's done the painting, they look brilliant. Oh, so it's good good work. Yeah, these villains um, look fantastic. Like whoever's wow. done it, they, they've got the green hair. They've got, they look like... Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's joke. But the weird thing is, what gets you about that story is it's like it's the time investment. Like the guy, like because you know the flurry of and the and and the the uh, adrenaline's all gone, and so they're just tied up, hanging there, and you're like, okay, now hold still, all right? I'm not. Mm. I've got to get the eyeliner on properly, and you know, no, just don't, don't do that. The green's not going in even. You know, like it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very it's a long process, and they it just is, have to yeah. sit there limp. Let it happen. To oh, them. guys, can I ask that you put this this photo up, please, on New Flesh on the Instagram? Because this photo of this person, their artwork on on these two villains is wonderful. So are, are they both? Are they both the Joker? Or they're, they're different characters. They're both the Joker, a lady and a and a gentleman. Lady Joker, Ooh. both Joker. It's Ooh. great. A lady joker. (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff. All right, here we go. This is in Australia. Glamorous veterinarian is struck off after confessing that she injected her friends and herself with horse tranquilizer on a drug-fueled weekend bender. This chick's really hot, by the way. She's really hot. And I think, it, yeah, she injected her and her mates with ketamine. Now, honestly, um, as opposed to what every person under 25 is doing every weekend and jumping straight into the K-hole with tablets they've bought off some random. Or she's I mean, wouldn't this woman's a professional. Mm, this yeah. is how you want to get in, get trapped in the K hole. You want to with your hot looking mate who's a vet. You do, but then the last thing you see is she's doing herself as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's yeah. one for not the doctor. Good. That's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's like going under anesthetic and seeing, yeah. seeing the anaesthetist just yeah. whack a mask on themselves. That's right. It's like, no, it's like, yeah. fear, and lo- it's like fear and loathing and one for the doctor. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, we've Queensland, lost a very. Um, I don't know. Hang on. Western Australia. Oh, Western Australia. For fuck's sake. Oh, God. Why is WA featuring so heavily every week in our, in our mad cunt kind of um, section? We've <laughs> got because the Bunbury just, kids. We've got the vet. I would have, I thought it was Queensland. No, but it's, of course, it's WA. They're bored. Oh, look. They don't know what to do. They're, they're like, we can't travel. Let's just, you know, come on, everyone. We're going out tonight. We're going to Northbridge here. Sit down. I'm going to inject you with some some ketamine. Well, but does that yeah. make you sleepy though? If it's a tranquilizer. Ah, uh, look. I'm not going to admit that I've been in the K hole, Ricky. But if I had, it kind of makes you feel like you're in a very long tunnel. Okay. And you're looking at people at the end of like a train tunnel. Um, and yeah, so you don't go to sleep. You it's definitely... a drug for a train enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> so the person on the couch next to you looks like they're about 50 uh, metres away. Okay. So, yeah. Look, I mean, good on you, uh, young people. But, um, you know, WA, 
Vale, uh, you've lost a, a, a very glamorous-looking vet. So, you know, I mean, I think a wrap on the knuckles could have been all right there. but Normally hot privilege gets you out of a lot. Mm, you know, it does. I guess this <laughs> could have. Wouldn't, wouldn't that fly. Gullible and stupid man, 49, who stole more than 800000 from his employer to give to a prostitute after he became infatuated with her when his marriage ended is jailed. Oh, God, Daily Mail, your grammar is something Are else. you allowed to just call people stupid and gullible? <laughs> Straight out. <laughs> Um, that's from Gus McCubbing for oh for Australian Associated Press. Ooh, wow! There you so eight hundred thousand dollars to to a prostitute. Yep. So did did he get to kiss her on the lips? Ah, uh, gosh, yeah. Uh, who knows? The judge said your gullibility and stupidity do not reduce your moral culpability. Mm. Wow! There you go. Um, yeah, that's where. Where did this happen? Uh, I believe it. Oh God! Why? Why do you do this? And they did the ages again. Oh, in in Victoria, yes. Um, that yeah, they did the ages. Forty nine. Um, <laughs> then yeah. you're like, oh, he's a bit. You know, he's starting to become a bit of a silly old fool. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> uh, it's pretty close to my age. Um. Oh, hang on. Can I just finish one with with, with one? You can cut it out if you want. Sure. Tu- tourist is savaged by a 12-foot crocodile after mistaking the predator for a plastic model and climbing into its pool for selfies in amusement park in the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> He's okay, everyone. He's okay. But oh, seriously, I mean, if it was plastic, why would they put him in a pool? Do you know what I mean? What, like, was he was he visiting a zoo? Was he like at an animal park? It's, it's an amusement park. An amusement park. So right. he climbed over uh, just seemingly a very low fence. Oh my! So people were like, "Oh, this is a great attraction." It's completely filmed. He was celebrating his birthday party, and he's he's sixty eighth, and he went down, and there's footage of this man just being chomped on by the crocodile. <laughs> well, that's an honest mistake. <laughs> <laughs> who, hasn't, who hasn't jumped into a pool at an amusement park thinking everything was made of plastic? Oh, my goodness. Well, All right. Well, you can't top that. Uh, yep. uh, that's, the, that the, that's lifted my spirits. I, I, lo- I, love a, I love a story, anything that involves animals. You know? <laughs> He's okay, everyone. He's all right. You know, no, that's good. All right. Okay. Thanks, Sheila. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoy what we do here on the New Flesh Podcast, there are a number of ways you can contribute to the success of the show. Consider supporting us financially by becoming a Patreon member and donating monthly or yearly. Alternatively, you can donate money through the Buy Me A Coffee platform. If you're strapped for cash at the moment, there are other ways to support the New Flesh. You can give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. These really do help others find our show and help spread the word. Or you can just simply tell your friends about us. Back to the show. All right, now, John, you want to talk uh, JK. I do. I want to talk about JK Rowling. So uh, when I moved to Sydney, I went uh, to a a bit of a gathering at someone's house on a Sunday or something, and I was sitting at a table, and there was like a couple of bohemian types there, and JK Rowling came up, and, you know, the discussion turned to her books, and someone just said, Oh yeah, I have a friend who 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 saw those books on someone's shelf and wanted to put a, like an anti-trans sticker or something on them, and I just <laughs> let that slide. I was like, 
Okay. And then um, the person whose gathering it was was next to me and they didn't, you know, sort of offer any counterpoint or temper it or what, what this person said. They just sort of let it fly. Mm. And then they said, yeah, who would it? You know, and they sort of joined in a bit. And then I, that just really shocked me. And ever since then, I've been thinking about JK because a lot's happened and we'll go through it all in a second. But I just thought that um, I, I was just so shocked that that JK Rowling has become such a, uh, mm, a pariah. Uh, so much so that people who have her books are, you know, they're burning them. Well, they're burning them. They're doing whatever, and 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 then we've got all this, and that there was no counterpoint. And I probably should have. I wish I'd done all the research I'd done for this uh, back then because I could have. Like I should have just said, "Have you guys actually read what she said? Have do you guys know what her claims are? Mm. You know, that's probably where I should have started. So let me begin by saying I don't like Harry Potter. Okay. Neither do I. I don't like Harry Potter. Well, I think we're, we. I think Harry Potter just missed us, though. You know, I think no. We, you don't look, think it did. We weren't well, no, kids when Harry Potter. We came weren't out. kids. No, we weren't kids. But that, that if you think that people who've jumped on Harry Potter are all kids, well, that is true. Yeah, you've got another thing coming. But mm. uh, I think you can go back to our first episode. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah. talking about. That, I think about I mentioned this. seeing a uh, quite a large person wearing a Harry Potter T-shirt yes, walking down anyway. the street. Yeah, uh, the classics. So anyway, I think it's silly, limited, and disappointing. But it is expansive, and I really respect the craft, okay, but not the content. And um, J.K. Rowling is a fine writer, absolutely. But they say only Nixon could go to China, so that's why I'm here to tell you about J.K. I don't like uh, her, her work necessarily, but I really respect her craft. So the newest news is HBO Max re- uh, is doing a reunion special that will not feature J.K. Rowling. She will appear only in archival footage, uh, which is something we usually do when the person is dead, but yes. um, it kind of gives you an indicator of, you know, uh, what's going on. Uh, she's dead to these people, essentially. Mm. So all of the actors that she gave jobs to and the director, Chris Columbus, will appear in this celebration of J.K. Rowling's world. Um, and more recently, a trans activist took photos in front of her house and exposed her address in a doxing attempt mm. um, that she... Uh, has talked about recently. But I thought we'd just go back. Let's cover the whole thing. So I want to start with her tweet, her initial tweets, some reactions to that, and then then I'll throw to you to and you can you can tell me about her essay. Mm. So th- it all started with some tweets that she wrote a while back. So here's the first one. It was in response to a an article that that talked about people who menstruate. And she has said here, quote, people who menstruate, I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Wumban, Wimpand, Wumud, opinion. Creating a more equal post-COVID world for people who menstruate. So that was the um, that was the article there. Um, the idea that women like me, who've been empathetic to trans people for decades, feeling kinship because they're they're vulnerable in the same way as women, i.e., to male violence, hate trans people because they think sex is real and has lived consequences, is a nonsense. If sex isn't real, there's no same-sex attraction. If sex isn't real. The lived reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. I respect every trans person's right to live in a way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to say so. 
So here we have uh, just some comments from the um, actors that uh, she made millionaires. So um, the first actor that's a millionaire because of her said, uh, this is Daniel Radcliffe, transgender women are women. Any statement to the contrary erases the identity and dignity of transgender people and goes against all advice given by professional healthcare associations who have far more expertise on this subject matter than Joe or I. So Joe is JK there. So this has actually appeared on the Trevor Project uh, website and is another quote from Daniel Radcliffe. He does a bit of work for them, I think. According to the Trevor Project, 78% of transgender and non-binary youth report being the subject uh, reported being the subject of discrimination due to their gender identity. It's clear that we need to do more to support transgender and non-binary people, not invalidate their identities and not cause further harm. I'm still learning how to be a better ally. So if you want to join me in learning more about transgender and non-binary identities, check out the Trevor Project's Guide to Being an Ally to Transgender and Non-Binary Youth. So um, He's such a punk bitch. (laughs) He should shut the fuck up. You know, look, I'm trying to keep it, you know, professional here. <laughs> okay. And you have, you've tipped our hand because obviously I think he's a punk bitch too. <laughs> all right. No, I knew that would get you steamed. Yeah. What about Emma Watson or that other ranger guy? What have they okay, said? All right. Watson says trans people who are, who, trans people are who they say they are and deserve to live their lives without being constantly questioned or told they aren't who they say they are. <laughs> Eloquent. Um so that's what she tweeted, and she's tweeted a whole bunch of stuff from uh, organizations she's uh, involved with. Grint, he has said he's sort of a bit like his character in the movies. He's sort of third to the party, and he said, "Yeah, tra- trans women are women, tra- trans men are men. We should all be entitled to live with love and without judgment." I firmly stand with the trans community and echo the sentiments expressed by many of my peers. So that sounds like it's dripping with fear. Um, <laughs> is that Ron Weasley, is it? That is Weasley. Right. So uh, that's all the millionaires. But i got some other quotes uh, from uh, – now get this. So what's interesting as well is that some media, when this was reported in the press, the media have labelled her comments and tweets, so like transphobic. So, for example, USA Today said, Rupert Grint on why he called out J.K. Rowling's transphobic comments. Now, I want you to know that transphobic was not is not in quotes or scare quotes or italicized. It just says plainly transphobic comments. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know what defama- what the defamation laws are, but, you know, you've heard her comments. We'll come to that in a sec. But BuzzFeed has got a follow-up. BuzzFeed says, Rupert Grint revealed why he decided to publicly condemn J.K. Rowling's uh, anti-trans comments, despite having huge respect for her. So that's um, that's some more there. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, this is from the New York Times. Daniel Radcliffe criticizes J.K. Rowling's anti-transgender tweets. Uh, again, no, no italics, no, no quotes. And this is from Variety. Emma Watson, Daniel Radcliffe, Sarah Paulson, and more condemn J.K. Rowling's anti-trans tweets. So these outlets have made the editorial decision to label J.K. Rowling's tweets as either anti-trans or transphobic. Whatever that means, to be honest, I'm not sure. I don't even understand what transphobic means. You mean that she doesn't like trans people? She doesn't. I don't know what that means. She's certainly not afraid of them, so mm. I don't know what it yep. means. Uh, there's no attempted objectivity or offering no. another point of view. So I'll just give you maybe another couple here. Uh, these are from some blue checks on Twitter. Um, this is after some of her, her comments. This is from Eliza Skinner. 
blue check. Uh, I donated to the trans, uh, the at trans law center and some other place because when someone tells you what they like to be called, whether it's Rebecca, Becky, Sam, Samuel, Samantha, she, he, they, woman, or something truly whack like JK, just be polite and do it. Don't be a rude transphobe. Javier, Javier Munoz, who's another blue check, says, at KJ, JK Rowling, your transphobic, divisive, inhumane, disgusting opinions are 100% the problem. Take your voice, your franchise, your presence, and be gone. Ivan, uh, Ivanesco, Pride Month, and I stand with my entire community. Uh, Variety, this is from GLAD, the head of GLAD, Anthony Ramos. He says, studios, networks, and brands affiliated with JK Rowling owe it to their transgender employees and consumers to speak out against their inaccurate and hurtful comments. Uh, one last one. I know it's getting a bit long. For somebody, this is from Variety. So for somebody who's uh, stood for, uh, who stood so much for equality and tolerance for so many years, to actively punch down on a marginalized group like all Harry Potter pa- fans who feel this way, I'm just kind of devastated. Says Melissa Anelli, founder of CEO of Mischief Man- Management, a fan events company that runs the popular Harry Potter fan conventions, Leaky uh, LeakyCon. Supported um, uh, supporting a creator with this view is difficult," she said. So that you've got the whole story there. You heard the tweets uh, as they appeared. Um, you've he- you've heard the responses from the actors, uh, and the the you've seen the media response there, uh, labeling mm. them. Well, just just to add to those tweets quickly, and I'll post a uh, link to this in our show notes that someone's compiled. Uh, the J.K. Rowling tweets, it's, it looks like a bit of a collage uh, at the top of the page. And then just all these responses from people on Twitter. Oh, and- now, just as a, I'll just let people know, if you if you don't want to hear uh, just a horrendous hate, just, just yes. you can smash the 30-second button now. But if not, <laughs> go for well, it. Well, I'm... I'm not going to read them out, but but well, I is, read them and they were fucking appalling. They are appalling. Like, but but there are themes here, like you know, the, you know, telling her to fu- shut the fuck up is is in there. They're they, all they, calling her a cunt. They, yeah, they all call her a cunt. They um they call her an old hag. Uh, they talk about you know her vagina being stinky. They obsessed talk about with with her vagina. By the yeah, way, yeah, they are, and they're obsessed with the fact that she's fifty five and therefore must have gone through menopause and is no longer a woman. And and it's they call her a bitch, um, a, a turf. Uh, it, turf isn't even used that that much. Um, and they they you know they tell her to she can suck my lady dick. There's a lot of that and <laughs> suck my Come fat on, you can't juicy just, cock. You can't just say that, can you? It's it's too much, you know. Well, it's, <laughs> it's unhinged. too much, and it's it unhinged. is unhinged. Yeah, it's crazy and misogynistic, and but it's um, amazing and- to see it all laid out like that. Like I'm not on Twitter really. I mean, I have an account, but I'm not on it. And to see it all laid out like this in such a big block, and I'm sure there's, you know, the, the, not everything is here that has ever been said about her on Twitter, but it just gives you this just horrendous view of what. Uh, of what people are saying about her, but but what Twitter is like in general, I think. Mm. Yeah, no, it's an it's an appalling place, and I don't understand with the level of of vitriol and hatred and 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 disgust, disgusting language. Uh, I don't understand how you could leave that out of your response. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I was one of those actors, I'd just be like, "Look, there's a couple of things." I'd be like, "Yeah, I don't agree with JK, but." Um, I have to just mention, um, you know, what some of my allies have, have said, and 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 that's truly disgusting and appalling. And uh, yeah, and you know, the, no one gets out clean here, but no one's mentioned it. 
And it's the erasure of all of that that I find really troubling. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, after this whole Twitter storm blew up, um, JK did write uh, a bit of an essay and published it on her, her website about this. Uh, and I've sort of gone through it. Um, I've got some dot points to run through, just sort of like a Cliff Notes version. And I do have a few paragraphs that I think are really interesting that I'm going to read as well. But um, so she published this thing on the 10th of June, 2020. Um, uh, yeah, so it all kind of started with these tweets. Like she initially tweeted her support uh, for someone called Maya Forstater, who was a tax specialist who'd lost her job for what were deemed transphobic tweets. Um, and that that person took her, her case to an employment tribunal asking the judge to rule on whether a philosophical belief that sex is determined by biology is protected in law. And uh, Judge Taylor ruled that it wasn't. Um, so this got JK uh, to, to start, I guess, following the trans issue a bit, bit more closely. Um, she'd also been researching trans stuff for a book uh, that, that she was writing at the time as well. Um, she accidentally liked a tweet that was skeptical of trans claims around biological sex. And, uh, you know, that's when the mob really started going for her. And I think that's when she prompted her to write some more of these tweets. And um, she mentions in her essay that she received an avalanche of emails that came her way with words of support. Um, and then she outlines five reasons for being worried about the new trans activism and her reason for speaking up. So uh, she says that she has a charitable trust that focuses on women and children, female prisoners, survivors of domestic and sexual abuse. And she also funds research into multiple sclerosis, which I, I believe is a, um, is a disease that actually affects men and women quite differently based on your gender uh, or based on your sex. Uh, so it's, she says here, I've got a little quote, uh, it's been clear to me for a while that the new trans activism is having or is likely to have, if all its demands are met, a significant impact on many of the causes I support because it's pushing to erode the legal, def erode the legal definition of sex and replace it with gender. Um, she also says that she's an ex-teacher and the founder of a children's charity and she's concerned about education and safeguarding. Uh, also, she says that as an author, she's interested in freedom of speech and has also defended Trump's freedom of speech, even though she doesn't agree with his politics. Um, she's also concerned about the explosion in numbers of young women transitioning and detransitioning and the effect that this has had on their bodies and on their fertility as well. And here's a quote uh, from her essay. Most people probably aren't aware, I certainly wasn't until I started researching this issue properly, that 10 years ago, the majority of people wanting to transition uh, to the opposite sex were male. That ratio has now reversed. The UK has experienced a 4,400% increase in girls being referred for transitioning treatment. Uh, autistic girls are hugely overrepresented in their numbers. Uh, she goes on to quote a researcher called Lisa Littman. Parents online were describing a very, un very unusual pattern of transgender identification where multiple friends and even entire friendship groups became transgender identified at the same time. Uh, I would have been remiss had I not considered social contagion and peer influences as uh, potential factors. Uh, Littman mentioned Tumblr, Reddit, Instagram, and YouTube as contributing factors to rapid onset gender dysphoria, where she believes that in the realm of transgender identification, youth have created particularly insular echo chambers. Um, 
So JK then turns uh, to her own story of growing up with OCD and struggling with womanhood as a teen, which, um, yeah, is, is a common thing for, for a lot of women and girls. Uh, and she was uh, wondering whether she would have been attracted to transitioning if she was an adolescent growing up today. Um, and she fully acknowledges that transition will be uh, a solution for some gender dysphoric people. And she talks about safeguards and medical evaluation, something that used to exist for people exploring transition, but is all but gone. She states that a man in the UK who intends to have no surgery and take no hormone hormones may now secure himself a gender recognition certificate and be a woman in the uh, eyes of the law. Um, she talks at length about a new kind of veiled misogyny that has taken over contemporary society. And I'm uh, yeah, going to finish by reading uh, two paragraphs here from the essay that I think really hit home that idea um, about this sort of new misogynistic uh, era we're living in. Uh, so she says, we're living through the most misogynistic period I've ever experienced. Back in the 1980s, I imagined that my future daughters, should I have any, would have it far better than I ever did. But between the backlash against feminism and a porn-saturated online culture, I believe things have got significantly worse for girls. Never have I seen women denigrated and dehumanized to the extent they are now. From the leader of the free world's long history of sexual assault accusations and his proud boast of grabbing them by the pussy, uh, to the incel, that's the involuntary celibate movement that rages against women who won't give them sex, to the trans activists who declare that TERFs need punching and re-educating, men across the political spectrum seem to, seem to agree that women are asking for trouble. Everywhere, women are being told to shut up and sit down or else. I've read all the arguments about uh, femaleness not residing in the sex body and the assertions that biological women don't have common experiences, and I find them too deeply misogynistic and regressive. It's also clear that one of the objectives of denying the importance of sex is to erode what some seem to see as the cruelly segregationist idea of women having their own biological realities, or just as threatening, unifying realities that make them a cohesive political class. The hundreds of emails I've received in the last few days prove this erosion concerns many others just as much. It isn't enough for women to be trans allies. Women must accept and admit that there is no material difference between trans women and themselves. Uh, so she finishes by opening up about her own domestic abuse at the hands of her first husband uh, and states her concern that men can now be so easily recognized legally as women and the potential disaster of giving men complete access to female-only spaces. So overall, I think her, her main point is that she's concerned, she's concerned for young women. So that's basically her essay in a nutshell, which you can read in full from her website. It's a very measured argument. Um, and she's just bringing up pretty valid points that that other gender critical feminists are bringing up and something that we should be able to talk about. But now we've heard everything. Do you think that the responses from the actors and the media and whatnot match with what J.K. Rowling has actually said? No, not at all. And I think it, it goes back to that thing where people nowadays, they don't have the time or the uh, self-discipline to sit down and read something as long as this. Because it seems to me that no one in has actually engaged with her arguments. Like even the tweets, like because the, the essay came yeah. later, which I think is, I think it's beautifully written. Uh, the tweets, if you read the tweets, 
And if you just started there and actually pulled them apart rather than take them at, take it as the, you know, as the vibe and just go, yeah, the vibe, I don't like the vibe. If you actually read it, um, they're quite carefully written as well. You can tell she's a writer, that she proofreads everything, even her tweets. For sure, yeah. And so none of these people have engaged uh, in an honest way, intellectually honest way. Um, the actors come across as passionate um, and desperate to do the right thing. However, um, none of them come across as particularly deep thinkers. Uh, and I think that the paragon uh, in this sense is Daniel Radcliffe's counter essay, which appears on that Trevor Project website. <laughs> and I, I love that. Whenever people talk about the, mention it or quote it, they say, I linked the essay and you go and it's like it's like two paragraphs and you go, Jesus Christ. <laughs> is that Daniel Radcliffe's essay? Is yeah, it? it's like, oh, it's a lengthy <laughs> essay and you go, fucking hell, is it? Like, it's just like, you know, maybe mm. your brain's broken and you can't read past two paragraphs. Anyway, his essay, which I read some paragraphs from earlier, shows him, frankly, to not be uh, anywhere near JK's level intellectually, um, which isn't to say he's a dumb dumb. No, well, she's she's got a lot more experience as well, life experience. But this is to- no one's taking this into account. I mean, you know, we don't need to do the argument from authority just because she's fifty-five or whatever. But at the same time, she's a writer. He's an actor. Um, I don't need to tell you those are very different professions. Um, he's got a bit more time on his hands, to be honest with you, uh, than she does. Uh, she's in a writer in her 50s. She's been reading and researching and thinking for decades, mm. for decades, for two decades before he'd even probably thought about it. So, you know, no, there's no uh, thought to the idea that maybe she's done a bit more research than him. Mm. Uh, and you know, he might be a genius. He's not, by the way. But uh, I'm just saying that, like, <laughs> you know, when you read, when you read this stuff, it's just, it's just so so fascinating. It's like his work with the Trevor Foundation and Watson's philanthropic work. I mean, which is all fine, by the way. Um, but does their connection completely uh, to these, you know, in things? Uh, does it? Does that? Should that erase all of J.K. Rowling's claims? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, isn't this a case of ideology or just like wearing a Guernsey? Yeah. And that getting in the way of a comp- what are very complex issues. And I think she's done her best to outline in their, her essay. Uh, and, and, and which also quotes uh, other people working in the field and statistics as well. I mean, you can't look at that statistic, uh, the people transitioning to the opposite sex uh, that, that used to be predominantly males to females is now female to male. Like, you can't look at that stat and go, what the fuck is happening here, you know, or that, that there's been a 4,400% increase in girls being referred. You know, I mean, you, you need those those sorts of statistics alone need to open up a conversation, that an honest conversation. No, Radcliffe him, is saying any statement to the contrary erases the identity and dignity of transgender people and goes against all ad- all advice not some advice not most advice not not you know predominant prominent predominantly all of it all of it well that's all not advice true. given by professional healthcare associations so professional healthcare associations well there have been uh, doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists who have left those sorts of organizations in protest because they do not agree with the what's Tavistock happening. clinic is well, one of them. I'm yes. Sure. Yes. But so so he's allowed to get away with this statement, 
you know, I thought democracy died in dark in darkness. Okay, so he's allowed to get away with what the the American press would would call a lie here. Mm. This is an outright lie. Daniel Radcliffe is a liar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that is a goddamn lie. Yeah. You know, if you haven't done the reading, then you can just say I haven't done the reading. But you cannot get up and say unequivocally, and, and he's taking that full stonewall attitude of well of no debate. So he's saying any statement to the contrary. Yeah. Any statement to the contrary. So this is terrible advice. This guy and those other actors, to a to a certain degree, should be ashamed of themselves. This guy, and I'll tell you why. This guy should be ashamed of himself. He he uh, and the other millionaires that JK made uh, have hung her out to dry, mm. you know, and at no point were they charitable to anything she had to say. No. You know, and they did it because they did it, and from what I gather, to be tr- to well-meaning as it may be, they did it for very trendy reasons, mm. you know, because they, they can't stand the idea of losing some followers. And getting up, and whereas JK has is showing a bit of integrity, and that that is costly, as we know. So, what really struck me—I don't know if this this hit you right in the guts—but this is that last thing she says. She says, "The last thing I want to say is this: I haven't written this essay in the hope that anybody will get out a violin for me. Not even a teeny weeny one. <laughs> She's a good writer. <laughs> I, I'm extraordinarily fortunate. I'm a survivor, certainly not a victim. I've only mentioned my past because, like every other human being on on, the, on this planet, I have a complex backstory." which shapes my fears, my interests, and my opinions. I never forget that inner complexity when, I, when I'm creating a fictional character, and I certainly never forget forget it when it comes to trans people. Um, yeah, these, these actors, uh, they're not ready for, for you know, this kind of thinking and this kind of feeling. This is, this is a, a very mature thinker, yeah. you know, so a deep thinker, and she's calling for understanding here the dazzling complexity of what it means to be human. You know, we're not defined by our tweets. There's nuance, there's shades of grey, and it's possible for someone to write a book series that delights millions of children and adults alike and hold views about biology and sex that, you know, not everyone uh, agrees with Mm. or at least that are contentious issues. You know, shouldn't our mission be to become, like, curious about other people's interests and ideas, to investigate what they say fully, you know? Um, Or is everyone who disagrees with us our enemy? And 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 so they must be destroyed. Yeah, you know it's 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 a real shame. This is a this is a terrible situation. Uh, you know, it's taken me a long time to get around to it. Now that I've I've read a little bit about it, I I can't believe we're even talking about it. This is, I feel like there's so much in this in this that is just speaks for itself. Again, I I don't think we should be elevating actors, particularly young actors. To any sort of uh, voice of authority, you know, they're, they're fucking actors, you know, get on with your job of acting and leave this sort of discussion to people that are... To the adults. <laughs> to the adults, yeah. I mean, it's just so... Uh, I don't know why people even listen to actors, you know? Well, look, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, it, that's a huge discussion about, about the actors, but they... I just feel like in this particular case, um, they there's there's not any charitable reading of, no. of if you had integrity, if any of you had integrity, what you could do, you know, is you could engage with it, and maybe you could say to HBO Max, if JK's not on this program, I'm not going on it. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wanted to say that too. Like, well, where, where's the integrity of some of these actors that can at least acknowledge the fact that she's created something uh, that has resonated with children and, and adults around the world and that made you a fucking success, uh, made you a millionaire and, and someone who can now do anything they want to with their lives pretty much. I mean, you don't have to worry about money at all and, 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 and you're living your life as an actor and, and to not be able to uh, put all this shit aside and say, well, Harry Potter was Harry Potter. Let's get on with talking about that. And if you had integrity, you could also say, I'm not doing X, Y, Z until um, the bullying uh, of J.K. Rowling stops on Twitter. Until, until you know, and, and she could call, uh, he, he, she, whoever, could call out uh, people's bad actions regardless of what side they're on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's not about demonizing people and saying that you're a terrible person, you're 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 a, you're a monster, you're in you're not human. It's about saying, you know, that particular action you did is bad. I'm going to call it out. Yeah. You know, like so. I feel like, um, yeah. This is this is this is a, a total, uh, you know. Uh, outrage. Mm. Well, the, well, the other thing that's really disappointing is this. This is filtering through into the next generation of kids because uh, there's there's a news article, a recent one that's come out that uh, where a school removes the names of Winston Churchill and J.K. Rowling <laughs> to be more diverse in quotation yeah. marks. And basically, the article says that all oh, the, the the children in this primary school, you know, they they wanted to rename the the two classrooms or the two halls or buildings or whatever that are called Winston Churchill and JK. What they renamed them to Peppa Pig. No, they renamed them to to, to some uh base well but both of them are people of colour. I can't remember. The who kids they don't are, they didn't know. They don't the kids didn't know who those people were. The, yeah, the kids didn't know who they were. <laughs> you know? And you know, and, and, and the school parades this as oh aren't aren't the you know aren't the kids great and wise and you know right. the, it was their it was their idea they wanted to do it i mean i call total bullshit on this what primary school kid wants to get rid of jk rowling from their school building's name and replace it with some you know black rights activists that that they'd never heard of before you know it's fucking total bullshit jk rowling's achievement is incredible and uh, and the fact that she did she she achieved all of this later in life and um you know, and 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 the the writing circumstances of Harry Potter. You know, I think it was pretty hectic as well. Her life, so mm. I think it's it's a staggering achievement, and um, she's made a lot of people happy. You can make the entire world happy. You know, in 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 uh, I, I have friends who've who've read and listened to these books in other languages. Mm. You know what I mean to learn English and stuff. So it's it's the her reach is far and wide, and um, I just feel like. You know, maybe all these people who worked with her owed her is just, you know, you don't have to you don't have to go and throw yourself in front of a bullet, but maybe you owe yourself uh, owe her the respect uh, to read, watch, and to, and to listen to what she actually has to say, mm. and to 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 judge each part of it on its merits. You know, you can't just go, oh, she's a hate monger. You got to go, okay, let's get into it. Let's get into the weeds and say, what do we agree on? Because you actually might find out what if you agreed with 99.98% of everything that JK Rowling says, and there's just that 0.2% or whatever mm. where you disagree. Like, but, the, but the thing is, we, if, if this is such bullshit though, because if we did, imagine if this was 
you know, if you had a mind reader or every, or it was Lie Lie or wherever and had to say what they're really thinking. Do, do you think that Radcliffe and Watson and Grint um, all have 100% of every single thing that they think and believe is fashionable and trendy? Like really think, not just what they're performatively, you know, saying. Yeah. But like if you ask them about what they really think about everything, do you think that like everything would pass the purity test or would there be a couple of things where they'd go, Oh, geez, you know, that's not that's not on. Of course, you know. I mean, that's just how the human mind works, you know. We 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 have that our mind is a private space and sometimes things pop in there. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, people have filters, you know. Um and I, I agree, you know, I mean, no one is 100% uh, right all the time. No one is 100% um, uh, pure as well, you know, and yeah, I just think they're, they're just crazy. And I, and I think it's, uh, they've obviously got this attitude where, where um, they're on the right side of history and uh, that everyone who thinks differently is on the wrong side of history and we have to uh, force them to think our way. We have to yell and scream at them or cancel them or uh, obviously you can't cancel cancel J.K. Rowling. She's too big, but, you know, cancel other people or... If we did a referendum about any of the issues that she's brought up, like in, in the UK or Australia, whatever, if we did a referendum, I, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that most of the country would probably agree with J.K. Rowling? Yes, in terms of uh, women-only spaces and and, uh, and and the term biological sex and, and the language stuff where the, the, the word woman's being erased and that sort of thing, I think 100% the majority of people would be on board with that. I, yeah, and what's it, that's fascinating to me that we've got this, these sort of parallel worlds. I mean, I suppose it's always, well, it's, it's been that way for a while. But so the reality is now, there's things we know to be true and there's things that you like, you know, in a normal household or whatever that you think and believe and, and, or that, you know, people think and believe whether you agree with it or not. And then there's this alternate reality where the New York times, the LA times variety, um, all of the institutions and everything uh, and, and, you know, Emma Watson and whatever the fuck are all just hectoring and parroting and screaming and, you know, just prostrating and, screaming at the sky like that woman after the written house verdict um and then people just sort of quietly go about their business and you know sort of like but when when they go into the voting booth they just like t- quietly tick <laughs> you know quietly <laughs> yeah. tick no no thanks <laughs> yeah you know i just yeah. think that's so fascinating that that uh, you've got to create this monastery of the mind as victor davis hansen says where yes. yeah. you know you just um like J.K. Rowling, her t- neither her tweets nor her essay are extremist in in any way. I don't think. I think they're reasonable. Um, you know, they might you might not like it, you might not agree. You know, you can probably take her up on those issues in the right forum. But the people who come across as extremists and unhinged are these actors and the institutions that well, the organisations they represent who have extremist opinions. Like, you know, like if your kid came home and was like. This guy said this thing. I hate him. I hate him. I don't care what he says. I'm never going to listen to anything. You'd, you'd go, okay, you sound extreme. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. need to calm down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you need to see the shades of grey. So Stonewall and all that who say no debate, that is possibly the most childish thing I've ever heard. Yes, yeah, yeah. Especially for an organisation like that, they should be, if, if their views 
uh, are, are are good and right, then they should be able to stack up against scrutiny and debate. That's it. That's the fucking. That's the real fucking juice. That's what I'm getting at. You said it. So if you're, if why do you need to make such a big deal? If your argument is sound and your ideas uh, hold the ring of truth, yeah, or have the ring of truth, then why why do you need to? You don't need to oversell it. Yeah. Do you know what exactly. I mean? Like so all because all of this, um, you know, has really just completely pushed me into JK's court. So much so that next time I'm at someone's house and they bring it up, <laughs> I'm going to have to, I think, you know, go to the mattresses. Yeah. For JK, um, because it's because the actors uh, who she catapulted into stardom won't do it, so someone's got to do it, mm. and I think it's going to be me. Well, get your Slytherin outfit on, and uh... <laughs> I will. I, I will. <laughs> it's funny. Some of these tweets, a lot of these tweets, people are like, I used to love Harry Potter and now now I'm throwing out all my memorabilia. You and, shouldn't have bought it in the first know. place, you fat loser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were duped by Universal Pictures, you know. You were. You were. <laughs> <laughs> you gave them all your money for those limited edition fucking figurines or whatever. Vinyl pop bobblehead bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that was a great show. Uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, you know, and we got a few new listeners too. So uh, if this is the first show you've ever heard, um, this is good taste. What you're going to get on uh, Thursday, I think. You know, lively, uh, dangerous. Um, you know, not as much chubbies. That's mainly uh, side boob. <laughs> On a Wednesday, sorry. <laughs> yes, we do have a podcast within a podcast, a movie review uh, podcast, which uh, airs on uh, every Wednesday. Actually, this show airs on a Friday. I forgot to say that. It does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, next week uh, we have Basic Instinct on Cyber Cinema on Wednesday, and ooh, uh, we won't we won't advertise it, but we're we're, we're doing uh, doing our best to get a very special guest for uh, next Friday's show. Yes, yeah, uh, all things are going well. Yeah, we'll have an interview for you for Friday. Excellent. Well, we said what we said. Yes, we did. Long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. Standard operating procedure. You've heard of St. Nick, it's time for St. Dick.